blessed to have Jeff Matthews with us again this morning, and he's brought his family with him. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Amen. Hey, look, there's a clock up here. So. I'll give you a little heads up. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to end up starting. And uh, I was praying about, as I hope you would hope that I would be doing, is praying about what I would... Uh, um, preach about today, and, and one of the things that, have you guys noticed that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lack of unity, especially in America today. Uh, you hear things on the, on the news and talking about uh, uh, in the NFL right now with the protests and the national anthem, um, there's a lot of division. One of the things that I've noticed is the division of the world often seeps into the church. Do you guys agree with that? And so that's some of the things I want to really talk to you about. Um, do you guys realize there should be something different? The, the church should not look like the world. The world needs to look like the church. It's kind of a, a complete opposite. So that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit and, and spend some time on there. So if you would allow me, I want to go ahead and open this up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get with the message. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, first of all, just thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for that, that you've written down your words and that you've given them to us, Lord, and, and, and that as time travels, as time goes on, what you would think the world would say that isn't relevant today, that we read your words and we see that how relevant they are for today. I pray that you just be over this message, that you would open hearts, open minds, uh, and Lord, let us focus on you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. When I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4 here in just a moment, but one of the things I want you to see is, is when we look at Paul, Paul is, is really your apostle to the Gentiles. Um, if you do not have uh, a, a Jewish heritage or anything, then you're a Jew, Gentile. We've been grafted in, right, if we've trusted Christ as our Savior. And so Paul was, was sent out into the Gentiles, and, and, and when we read his words, I, I see Paul was dealing with the same things that we're dealing today in the church with division, with a lack of unity. If I was going to give a, 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 a term for this, uh, this message, it would be unity of the Spirit. We need to be unified. We have to... Does you understand that, that, that if, if I'm talking about being unified, I'm not necessarily talking about we have to agree on everything. Just with me, right? Everybody's looking going, no, not with you either. I don't agree with that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, but it's, it's not talking about that. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing about with, when we look at unity. When you've trusted Christ as your Savior, God gave us all different gifts. And all those gifts that they've given for different people, I have this, I have a, I have a want of a gift. I want to be able to sing. You don't want to hear that. I couldn't carry a note in a bucket 
But you know what? God has gifted many of you with, the, with that voice to be able to sing. Um, sometimes it's a gift of hospitality. Someone comes in, you have that beautiful smile that just melts people, and you welcome into God's house. And there's all kinds of different gifts. We, I was in Sunday school. I hope that you guys were in Sunday school this morning. And there's a gift that people have, gift of teaching. And, and it's all for the body. And, and when, we, when we look at unity, that's what we're talking about. As I read through the book of Ephesians, do you realize that 18 times Paul talks about unity? Do you think he's trying to repeat himself for a reason? He's saying, listen, we've got to be united in this thing. We need to be united in our walk. If FBC Crothersville wants to be a church that Jesus Christ has called us to, we must adhere to Paul's words. If you turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going we're to kind of dissect the first six verses, and I'll, and I'll kind of get into this as we go forward. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. With all humility, gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father who is over all and through all and end all. It's pretty powerful words when you really look at it. And, and, and I really like what Paul does here. First of all, it's not part of my notes, but I, I really love where Paul says, I, a prisoner in Christ. And when I think of a prisoner, I think of someone that's maybe being held against their will. And, and, and being put into a situation where, where they're being held. But this is not the prisoner that we're, hearing, we're seeing here in this. Paul is talking about being like a bond service, someone that's, that's put himself into sla- uh, slavery on purpose. He's, he's tied himself to Jesus Christ, his Lord, Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he says, listen, I am your prisoner, and I will be your prisoner from here and forevermore. I will devote my life to you. This is where I want to be. That's the prisoner he's talking about. I say, praise the Lord. That's, that should be our spirit when we look in there. And so in verse 1, I want to talk about a unity of walk. Unity and walk. Um, in verse 1, it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. Uh, the church is supposed to be the one that Paul's pointing out here. So when he's talking about this walk, as we go forward in the gospel, as we go forward into talking to people about Jesus Christ and telling them about it, we've got to be unified. We've got to be unified in this walk. If we're going out into the community and we're going into our Crothersville right here and we're going to look out and we're going to say, um, we're going to go out and we're going to start inviting people um, maybe come into church or we're going to start telling about Jesus Christ and, and we have division in this and says no I don't think we should go out and do this and, and the other people say that yeah I think we should do this and everybody sits there and we argue about it how many people went out? 
No, but we got a good argument in, right? And he's talking about being unified. As we go out into the world, we want to be, be unified. We want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What's our calling? More than anything else, it's to believe that we have been redeemed in Jesus Christ. And this is the neatest thing. So first of all, what's my calling? First of all, I was called to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He called me forth, and he said, he goes, Jeff, he goes, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust in only me as your, as your Savior. He called me to be his own. He called me to his self. And he says, listen, if you believe in me, I will forgive your sins. If you'll confess them, I am faithful, and I will, I will forgive your sins. And that's our calling that we have, that we're supposed to do that. Um, we're supposed to die to our old nature, and we're supposed to walk in the new nature, which is Jesus Christ. The church shouldn't look like the world. My question for you is, when someone walks in from outside and walks in the doors inside the church... Do they sense anything? Do they walk inside and do they walk in and just say, wow, it's kind of cold in here. Ugh. Have you ever been in a place that you look and you're like, man, something's just not right. Something doesn't feel right. Or do they walk into this church and they walk in and they feel, man, I can feel the Spirit of God on this place. I can feel, I can feel the Lord is here. Do they feel welcomed? What do they feel? One of the commentaries I was reading, and so I love older commentaries, um, and, and there's a gentleman, his name is Matthew Henry, uh, and, and he says, there is one Christ in whom all believers hope, and one heaven they are all hoping for, therefore we should all be of one heart. And, and a lot of times we, we try to really make a lot of things really tough, and we start trying to add all kinds of different things. And this is one of the things that Paul was, was fighting against, is, is if we went back into Galatians, you'll see that they were trying to add uh, the law into believing, trusting Christ as your Savior. And they said, okay, well, that's great, but also you need to be, uh, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow the law, and you need to do all these things. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. And there was division that ended up coming into, and that's one of the things that he's addressing here in Ephesians. In Mark 3.25, it says, Jesus says, if a house is divided against itself, it can't stand. If the church, and when I'm talking about the church, I'm not just talking about this one building. I'm talking about the church. What is the church? The church is all who believe in Christ and have trusted him as their Savior. Now, this is a local body of believers where we meet and, and we strengthen each other so that they can be sent back out into the world. We've got to be of one heart. We have to be unified in that. We don't want to start looking like the world in all things. I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. And if you've been in the Christian faith for a little while, maybe you have too. I've seen churches that split over the color of the carpet that was getting put in the sanctuary. Really? Carpet. I've seen people walk in 
into a church. And because of what version of the Bible is sitting in the back of the pew, they've turned around and walked back out. Seriously. Where's the unity in that? And I'm not talking, now when I'm talking about unity, I'm not talking about taking doctrinal things and throwing them away and saying, you know what, you can believe that there's four gods, I can believe that there's one God and everything, and we're all getting together. I'm not talking about that. There's some things that we don't waver on. But we don't worry about the color of the carpet either. Those aren't things that we are supposed to, you know, get, uh, get out. Um, I've seen people leave churches because you guys shake hands. They're too friendly there. That's a problem I want to have. Just be too friendly. Okay? Be so darn friendly, I'm okay with that. On it. And we should be. And, and just love on people. Love on people where they're at. We need to be unified in that. And in verse 2 it talks about, it says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. In Webster's Dictionary, it says uh, humility is freedom from pride or arrogance, a quality or a state of being humble. Paul tells us not to be humble, not to just be humble, to be, but to be completely humble. Does anybody have a problem with humility in here? I do. Sometimes I really do. And, and we look at sometimes a, a couple of these things I'm going to talk about, we're going to look at as being, as being weak. So... To give you an idea, if we were going to go look at, at being humble in the Greek, it's always put in a negative sense, believe it or not. So when you're talking about being humble, it's almost a weakness, is what it is. It's almost a weakness. To be humble literally means to be lowly, lowly, lowliness of mind on it. We've got to be humble. Also, another word I want you to go with this, right with it as well, is kind of um, the next half of it. It says, and he also urges us to be gentle. Gentleness is also being translated meekness. Um, when you think of meekness, do you guys think of weakness? Moses was meek. Was he weak? He wasn't. Meekness, I want you to look at meekness a little bit. I want you to give you a little bit of look at meekness. Look at it as strength, strength is, I can't even speak. You guys are so lucky I can't speak this morning. You're going to love it. Uh, strength under control. When I look at meekness, strength under control. And, and, and it's not about being wishy-washy or anything like that. It's about, it's about drawing people together. It's about being a, being a leader, leading, drawing people together. Uh, it's a balance of strength and character. Paul tells us to be patient with one another. And patience is tough sometimes. Sometimes, have you had, do you guys ever get when someone just wears you out? You're like, no, Jeff, no one ever wears me out. People wear me out. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm human. But we're supposed to have patience. We're supposed to have patience with people. And as we, as we walk with them, and, and, and it, have you ever prayed for patience? Don't, you just, you know, don't, don't pray for that. Because how do we get patience? 
trials. Trials. We're like, oh, who's looking for right now, looking for a great trials in their life? And they're like, Lord, it's been a while since I've been through a good trial. Can you you hook me up right now? I like a a nice trial this morning. And... um, and, uh, but, but that takes, we're supposed to be patient with each other. And, and notice when we're patient with people, it really conveys a strong ins- sense of love that we go on to. And we, when we really love on the people and we really show them uh, where we're at. And Colossians uh, 3.14 says, Beyond all things, putting on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So here's that word unity again, and we're talking about putting on that, that bond. Um, also, when we're looking at it with patience, it's also bearing each other up in their time of suffering. Lifting people up. I always think about When the world squeezes you, what comes out? When life gets hard, what comes out? Who, want, who wants Job's friends? You know who I'm talking about, right? And Job, he gets there, he's going through all these different trials. He should have had a ton of patience, didn't he? And he's going through and all of his friends are going, hey, what did you do wrong? There's something you did wrong. Because you wouldn't be going through all this if you didn't do things wrong. But what we're talking about is when we're looking at the patients and everything is bearing each other up. When someone's having a hard time, it's not kicking them again to see how much more they can take. Well, you don't quit kicking them until they go into a fetal position. No. It's lifting them up and loving on them. And showing them. That's where unity comes on. By the way, a lot of people in the world right now are looking at you and they say, if you've professed to be a Christian, I'm hoping you're not just a Christian here. But when you're out in the world and you're out in your jobs or you're out in, 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 the, in the store and every place that you go into, if they know you're a Christian, they watch you. And if you look like everybody else that's out there and you act like everybody else is out there, why would they want anything you have? There should be something different about us. Verse number three talks about unity and preservation. It says, being diligent to serve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. If you are in Christ, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think of this unity of the Spirit in here. It says being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, I don't think in churches we talk enough about this Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. By the way, it's not an it. It's a him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit we're talking about. It dwells inside of you. And we're supposed to have a unity in this. Um, His Spirit unites us and comforts us. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you are my brother or my sister in Christ. We, <coughs> excuse me. We're united in that. And we're supposed to, as we walk forward, we're supposed to be unified in this. And we're supposed to do it. He dwells with inside of us. He guides us. He gives us those words of comfort often. He bears us up when no one else is around. 
He puts people in our paths that we might be able to share. He won't leave me, won't forsake me. Be with me in the healthiest of times, my sickest of times. The highs, the lows that are on there. When the people walk through the door of FBC here, they should, they should feel the Holy Spirit in this place. They should feel it in the music. They should feel it in the Sunday schools. They should feel it. So how do we walk in a manner worthy of it? Do you guys realize that we have to put aside us? We've got to put aside the things that we think of that, you know, well, in my opinion, this is what we need to do. We've got to put aside that stuff. Let the Holy Spirit lead the church. In John... 1427, he talks about peace. And he talks about when we trust Christ as our Savior, and he's actually he's talking about this, and he says, when he leaves, I'm going to send this to you. He says, he's not going to send you the peace of the world. He's going to send you his peace. Not the world's peace I give you, but my peace I give. And that's the peace we're talking about as we're going forward. Um, have you... Do you guys realize there's two kinds of deathbeds out there? Ones of the lost and the ones of the ones that have trusted Christ, the saved, the born again. And there's a peace with one. There's freer in the other. As, a, as someone goes to depart, we're supposed to have that peace in there. And we're also supposed to have, in verse 4, it talks about the unity of our calling. It says there is one body and one spirit, just as we are also called, in one hope of your calling. Paul lists a number of different things in here that we can't waver on. He says, first, we are, uh, we are one body. We're not one organization. Our bodies are not compromised of thousands of cells, but of one life. The body is not produced by... Um, Combining a bunch of ses, uh, sections of the autonomy together, a body is produced because of one's original cell is growing until it becomes an amazing creation of you and I. Every, shell, sh every cell shares an original life. That is the secret of the body. All those parts share life together in the same way the members of the body of Christ and we are the church. Isn't that kind of a neat way to think about it? That we're all being brought together God is bringing us all together. Here's this body with different gifts, different life that has happened, and bringing us all over into one family in here and calling it a church. I think that's pretty incredible on it. And then the next part it says is there's one spirit. The same spirit dwells within each believer. Uh, believer, so it's an uh, interconnected into us, and the Holy Spirit produces unity. As a body, that's one of the things that's given us unity as we're being drawn back together. 
there is only one hope of our calling, a hope which is uh, Christ. On in 2 Corinthians 15, uh, 15 55, it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We don't fear that. We don't fear death the same way. Our hope is in heaven with eternity with our Savior, Jesus Christ. This unity of our calling. We've also been called to share Christ with the world. We're supposed to be unified in that. When we look at the Great Commission, uh, it's not just for people called into the ministry. It's for people who have been called to Christ. We are to go out into all the world and tell of Jesus and to share of him. And then the last, I want to put verses 5 and 6 together. Unity in Christ. In verse 5 and 6 it says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father who is uh, over all and through all and in all. There's one Lord, which is Jesus Christ. There's one. That's it. It's not football. It's not basketball. It's not government. There's one, and it's Jesus. There's no other gods. If we had other gods other than the one, then we wouldn't be Christians, would we? That wouldn't be who we are. If we think that we can serve other gods, then we're not Christians. If we serve the same Lord, then we're able to work together in unity. And that's another thing that, because we are just serving Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only, we could be unified in that. We can't allow other things to get in the way. We can't allow other things to get in the way of this. There's one faith. That's it. One. Well, but Jeff, there's all these other religions out there. Guys, there's Jesus Christ and that's it. There's Jesus. It's one church. I know I'm in a Baptist church. I want you guys to hear this. Ready? The Baptists aren't the only ones that are going to be in heaven. I know. I felt the air come out of the place. <sighs> really? Listen, if you trust that Christ is your Savior and you trust in Christ alone, guess what? Heaven is your home. Heaven's your home. There's one baptism. It's not who you baptized, who you were baptized, whether it was Paul or Apollos or, or any of that, but there's just one baptism. And the thing about a baptism is, is that it's a really, it's an outward of expression of what's already happened inside. When someone follows in believer's baptism, they come up in the baptismal, they get a say. Listen, I've been set aside. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. My hope lies in Him. Here's a symbol of His death, burial, and resurrection. And by the way, I'm being born anew. 
one baptism. And finally, there's one God the Father. Just one. He's over it all. He's in it all. He's through it all. There's only one. And when I look at, when I look at that and I think about it, I think, what are other people putting their faith into? What are they going into? They're, they're following everything else. They're following sports, and, and that's becoming their God, and, and it's going to let them down at the end. Or they're following, they're following uh, politics and saying, listen, you know, our hope lies in that. Listen, I'm not going to get up here and get political, but I don't care who's in office. They're not the ones in control. I've read the end of the book. We win. Just in case you're curious. We win. And it's God that's in control over it. Now, we're supposed to pray for those that are, that are in office, and, and, I, and I agree with that. But, but who, put, who put our president in office? Was it you? It was God. God says he's the one that sets people up and puts people down. And he's the one that's put in there. That's not where, our life, where everything lies into. Our unity has to be in Christ, and in Christ alone is where it has to be. So what does this mean for FBC Crothersville? As we go forward, what does this mean? It means everything. All, if we all believe in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, then we all believe in God's love and His desire for the community and family, then, then we have one question. Is our faith enough to persuade us to live a life worthy of the calling as children of Jesus Christ? Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We need to lay aside. I feel like I want to walk down and around. I just want to do it. I'm a wanderer. We've got to lay aside all this other stuff, people. We've got to lay aside what color the walls are going to be painted, what color the carpet's going to be. We've got to lay aside all that. Look around at seats. We have a balcony up there. We have multiple seats. That's a soul that could be in every one of those. And we have what they need, and that's Jesus Christ. If we're going to walk in unity, let's be unified in, in seeing souls saved. Let's be unified in seeing lives changed. Let's be unified in, in seeing people grow. Let's be unified in discipleship. Let's be unified in, in having mentors. Everybody in this church should have someone that they reach out to. Not when you just have a problem. Maybe it's a passage you read in the Bible and you've got someone you say, listen, my wife and I reach out to each other too. I have other people. Some of you guys know Bob Weeks. I reach out to Bob. Bob. Need you to pray about something with me. We should have someone like that. We should have mentors in there. Listen, if you guys, if there's anybody in here holding on to bitterness for something that happened in the past, I've been in churches where someone sitting on this side of the church doesn't talk to someone sitting on that side of the church. That should never happen in God's house. 
We've been forgiven of everything. But yet we want to hold a grudge against someone else. If there's anybody here with bitterness, give to God. Leave it. Leave it at the altar. People here that might have control issues, leave it. Leave it at the altar. Let Jesus lead. Sometimes just petty concerns. Leave it at the altar. You guys see we're a family. Look around. If you're in Christ, every one of these are your brothers and sisters. If you don't know what I'm talking about, hey, come up here and I'll tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you can be my brother or my sister. I would love that. Let's lay apart all that stuff. We're a family. My family's here. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have my family here with me. My pretty wife, she wasn't able to be here last time on it, but we're a family. Through thick, through thin, through good times, through bad times, we're a family. Just as this church is a family. And we've got to lay apart the sides. I want you to think of, when you want to think about something, whether or not it's of you or of Christ, and just think of it, is this going to, are my actions or my desires in this are going to honor God? And don't justify it by that. Well, I'm pretty sure God's going to like this if we do this one. You know, is it going to honor God or not? And that's what we're really looking for that's on there. Now listen, there's healing at the cross. There's been many a tears that have been shed down here. I know of times that, that not necessarily at this church and this altar, but other ones that my wife and I, we've been broken at that altar before and just laid it out because you know what? There's only one person that could take away. There's only one person that could, that, that could comfort us in those times. It wouldn't be the, the words of other people, though they helped. I'm not arguing that. But it's Lord, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's just him. There's forgiveness at the cross. Have you guys heard the term about drawing a line in the sand? You just take it over and you go, all right, I'm just going to step over it. Everything behind me is behind me. We're going to start afresh. That's what I offer you this morning is to start afresh and just say, listen, I'm going to cry out to Jesus. I'm going to say that, listen... Lord, I want this unity that Paul was talking about. I want this unity in my life. I want this unity in my church. As we go forward, God's going to take care of this. I had a pastor friend that says, if you have money problems in your church, go tell people about Jesus. You got an attendance problem in your church, go tell people about Jesus. You're not sure what to do next, go tell people about Jesus. And you know what happens? It fixes all those other problems too. Because that's what our job is. It's not to worry about a lot of the little things that we worry about. It's to tell people about Jesus. Read our Bibles. Pray. Tell people about Jesus. I went really long last time, so I figured I'd shorten it down just a little bit this time for you. I know I see other people going, Can we turn off his mic? No, just kidding. No, you guys didn't do that. Thank you. But uh, 
I just want to give you guys this opportunity. Um, I'll go ahead and let you guys come, come forward. You guys want to um, do music. And, and um, if you guys got something you want to pray about, please come up here. Uh, my wife, my wife and I will come right over here to this side. And, and if, you, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, come today. Don't let another day go by it. You've got bitterness, whether it's with family, with friends, with your work. Leave it at the cross. Do you know who that bitterness hurts? You guys. Hurt your walk with Christ, too, but it's going to hinder you. Leave it at the cross. I know I just know you guys, but I love you guys. Doesn't that feel good? Amen.